As a teenager, you were controlled and confined by what others demanded and expected of you. In your 20s, you were consumed by what others thought of you. In your 30s, you realized you were still conflicted by what you truly thought of yourself. But now, in your 40s and beyond, it's finally time to live fearlessly, fabulously, and fully you. Let's go. Hey sis, welcome to In the Middle with Myra, and I'm your host, Myra Rollins. Hey ladies, welcome back to In the Middle with Myra. You know where you are. As always, I want to start off by saying thank you. I appreciate you. Um, It is my week's privilege to sit before this mic and just to think about all of you listening to what little old me have to say. And it's a privilege and honor that I do not take lightly. Trust Trust, trust, trust. So I always want to check in with y'all and see how you're doing. Um, making sure that, you know, we're doing all the things, taking your multivitamin, <laughs> that big old horse pill you got to take, making sure you're drinking your water, getting your exercise, checking in on your mama and your aunties, them, you know, making sure that you are setting reminders in your phone, making sure you're just doing all the things, y'all. It's so much we have to do. So every now and then I want to check in and just make sure you are doing all of your things. Whatever your things are, are you doing them? So um, just checking in on you. And as for me, I have to admit that it has been a tough week. Um, I have had several deaths um, around me this week because of um, COVID. Um, Some of them have been my friends, parents who have passed away or just, um, you know, hearing about a friend of a friend or seeing someone on Facebook. Um, and I also have lost an aunt to COVID this week. And y'all, I am sick of COVID. Do you hear me? Not only am I sick of COVID, but I am sick of 2020. And if 2020 was a female, if 2020 was a chick, I would fight her. And I haven't had a fight since sixth grade and I lost then. But if 2020 was a person, I would do my best to squab her. (laughs) When is the last time you heard somebody say squab? (laughs) But um, y'all know me. Whenever I can, I try to um, just, I don't know, take a giggle in the midst of some hard times. And 2020 has been some hard times, y'all. And this time last year, I was approaching 40 and I would have no idea the year that my, um, that my, what my 40th year would bring. And though it's been a tough year, it's been a year of just growth and I have learned so many things. So this particular show, it's not going to be a long show, y'all. I am just going to no notes, no script, just talk to you all about the five things that I've learned this year. So the only thing I wrote down were the five things. And I'm just going to talk to y'all about those five things in hopes that it blesses you. All right, here we go. The first thing that I learned is that oftentimes our disappointments in life are because of misguided expectations. Yep expectations will trip you up every time. 
so much of our disappointment in life and disappointment with God and disappointment with relationships and our husband and our boyfriends and our sisters and our bosses, all of these disappointments and hurts and just in our feelings so many times it's because of expectations and all these expectations are often um, either one of these three things, unrealistic, unspoken or unreciprocated. Listen, y'all, unrealistic expectations. You want your husband to be your best friend. You want him to be sexy and cut and fine. You want him to make all this amount of money. You want him to speak and be romantic. You want him to speak into your life. You want him to be a great dad. You want him to um, laugh and sit and watch romantic comedies with you. You want him to rub your back. You want him to do all of these things. And they're unrealistic that he can meet all those expectations or your friend. She's married now, but you still want her to sit on the phone and talk with you for hours and pop up and you text her and say, hey, let's go get ice cream. And you think she should go. And it's unrealistic. Or your boss, you just want her to give you all the assignments and give you all the praise and give you this raise 25% because you did a good job this year. Unrealistic. And we wind up getting in our feelings and getting emotional and being mad and being salty because we have unrealistic expectations for people. So look in your life and see who are you disappointed with and Ponder and ask yourself, could it be because of some unrealistic expectations? And if they're not unrealistic, maybe these expectations are unspoken. Maybe you want your husband just to know that you want a certain birthday um, gift or you want him to do a certain thing or speak to you a certain way or just respond and relate to you in a certain way and you've never told him or your mother you just think that as a mom all moms should do blank and you want your mom to let's just say call and offer to keep your kids because all grandparents should just want to keep their grandkids and my mom never offers now she'll keep them but she'll never ask and so you're upset with her because she doesn't ask to keep your kids because it's an unspoken expectation of her or I can give you lots of different examples of where we get in our feelings because we are too prideful to ask for what we what we want or need for someone but we're going to be upset with them about it. And that's not fair, y'all. If you want something from somebody as women in the middle, we need to be able to ask for what we need. Put our pride aside and say, hey, boo, I've always wanted a guy that at night walks around the house, locks the doors and sets the alarm. It just makes me feel secure in that way. My dad always did it. And so I've realized that I've kind of been upset with you. And it seems small, but if you don't mind, can you take that on? You know, being a big girl and speaking what you want from someone. Or you talking to a friend, say, you know, um, I know that I'm the one that's married and have the kids, but every now and then, mom, like it would help me if whenever it's convenient, 
if you can ask to keep the kids, because I don't want to ask you a lot because I don't want to bother you. But whenever you would ask me, then I know that it would be convenient for you because you asked me. So it would make me feel that I'm not burdening you. So if you don't mind, just every now and then when it's convenient, could you ask to keep the kids? And I'm and I realized that I was a little bit um, upset about that. And I wanted to, you know, so now you're speaking the expectations. So, okay, unrealistic, unspoken. And then here's another one, unreciprocated. Oftentimes, y'all, we want things from people that we are not sowing into them, either the exact thing or the level or the caliber of something, if that makes sense. Like I can give you so many examples and I'm thinking about something in my own life that I'm upset at somebody for, but I'm like, you know what? When was the last time that I did that for them? So what I learned this year about expectations is that oftentimes we are disappointed with people because of either unrealistic unspoken or unreciprocated expectations. The second thing y'all that I learned this year is that life is all about choices. So many times we feel that life just carries us away or life is happening to us and I couldn't control it and it just happened. And I looked back at so many situations, even in the moment when I felt that there was no way that I could have done anything different. But when I look back on it, I said, I had a choice. There is often, even no matter however small, there is always a choice on how you react, respond, um, what path you go down. And you can't like control people, but you control your response. You control um, what you do. And I just think that as a woman in the middle, I'm realizing and seeing how many actual choices I have. Like, yes, this is my job, but on this job, I have a choice on if I take this position, if I serve on this committee, if I stay here, like nobody's making you stay at this job that you hate. So you act like, you're forced to be there. No, you have choices. It might be difficult to find another job, but you have a choice. Or even in your marriage, your husband is a certain way and he ain't changing. And you feel like this is just my fate. No, you have choices. You have choices on not allowing his behavior to affect you to certain degree, degrees, setting limitations and boundaries, setting expectations. You have choices. I have choices. And I am learning so much. It's been reinforced this year in so many ways that I have choices and I don't have to feel powerless or helpless to the situations in my life. Number three, I learned that even though things are different than what I would have chosen, they can still be good. Even though things are different than what I pictured for myself, than what I would have preferred, they can still be good. Um, the biggest example I have of that for my life in general is my children. Um, I picture for myself having um, three or four kids and I pictured pregnancy and I pictured taking um, maternity photos. And I picture, I just pictured being a mom and pregnant, all of pregnant and all of that, but that wasn't God's um, plan for my life. 
But his plan for me was to be a stepmom and an adoptive mom. And if I tell you right now that I promise you, I would not have changed my journey and path to motherhood because it is good. Like when I look at and love on my three children, I can't imagine not having them in my life. So though the story was different than what I would have, than what I would have selected for myself, it is still good. So the same thing with you, sis. At this time in your life, you would have preferred and you pictured yourself being married. But life is still good. What are your joys in your singlehood? Or this time in your life, you thought that you were going to be, I don't know, a C- CEO of your own company. But your entrepreneurship journey never took off. But you were at a job that you love. And so instead of looking at the picture that you slated for yourself, just bask in the goodness of your current situation. So that's what I learned. And it's being reinforced this year that I didn't think my 40th year would be spent primarily on lockdown. (laughs) But there are so many good things that happened this year. Um, Just the time that my husband and I have had to be around each other and to get to the heart of some difficult things in our marriage, some tough conversations that we would not have had if it wasn't for us being forced to be around each other so much. 2020 was different, but it was still good. The fourth thing I learned this year, y'all, was that most of how people respond to you is because of them and not you. Y'all, people are carrying around so much stuff, so much baggage. And even if it's not like negative stuff in baggage, it's just their vantage point based on how they were raised, based on how they feel, based on their own um, finances, based on their religion, based on their preferences. Like how they respond to you is filtered through the lens of all of their stuff. So if someone pops off at you in traffic, if your husband says something fly, if your boss doesn't give you the accolades that you want, most often it ain't got nothing to do with you. That was really good. I would. Let me change that. Most often it does not have much to do with you. It is so much having to do with their own stuff. And so instead of me getting in my feelings about stuff and being offended and asking, why didn't she ask me to go with her? Why did she say it like that? Why she mad? Now, yes, I consider my own self and what I've done and what role I could have played. But I also say, you know what? That's her. Like, I'm not going to be mad at her. I'm not going to be upset with myself. I'm not going to kick myself in the butt and be too hard on my... No, people got baggage and life experiences that impact and influence how they treat me. And if I don't realize that and respond, then it's just going to be hard out here. (laughs) So the fifth thing that I learned I told y'all I was keeping it quick today. The fifth thing is that you can take care of other people's triggers first. Let me explain that. So many times in conversations and arguments and disagreements, we are so ready to say it was their fault. This is what they did. This is how I feel. 
I'm offended. And we're afraid that if we pause and allow that person to express how they feel, that we'll be like, then they're going to think that they're right. And even when you know that like you're right, that I know I'm right. What if there's a 10% accuracy that that other person has? How beneficial would it be for you to be mature enough to say, let me respond to their triggers and their offenses first. Let me take care of them. Even if I'm boiling over inside, wanting to express all of the things that they did. And I have like, like a lawyer, I can give them bit by bit, piece by piece, all the stuff that they did that was foul. But instead of doing that, maturity would say, let me be big enough, kind enough, humble enough to hear them, hear their story and respond to the thing that is triggering them first. Doesn't mean that they're right. It just means they were triggered. And what do I mean by triggers? Y'all know, again, going back to our life experiences and our baggage, sometimes it's not that you've done anything wrong to someone, but it is just that what you did triggered them. And as caring, compassionate adults, we no longer say, Psh, I ain't do nothing. I ain't do nothing. We, we don't do that. We are mature enough to say, Something I did triggered them. And I am mature enough and compassionate enough to sit in that with them and sift through it. And then after you take care of them first in the appropriate time, then state your case. So that was quick, y'all. I mean, I was just like, I'm just going to talk. I'm just going to rock on the mic on the once. <laughs> I said, I'm just going to turn the mic on and just talk to the, to the ladies in the middle. No script, no full agenda, just some chit chat. So as a recap, the five things that I learned in 2020 were that oftentimes disappointments and hurts are because of either unrealistic, unspoken, or unreciprocated expectations. Number two, we got a whole bunch more choices than we realize. Life is just not happening to us, y'all. We have so many choices that we overlook and underestimate the importance and the number of the choices that we have. Number three, just because things are different doesn't mean they still can't be good. Number four, most of how people respond and react and treat you is because of their stuff, not yours. And number five, it is okay, and it's actually mature and compassionate to take care of other people's triggers first before your own. All right, y'all. I, like you, am hoping that 2020 come on quick. I am like stocking up on Black Eyed Peas. I am going to make a huge pot of them. If you want some, you can come get them. Now, I'm going to sit them on the porch. You can't come in because it's COVID out here in these streets. But I am passing out Black Eyed Peas because 2021 got to be better. But again, ladies, remember that we know that getting older with style and grace ain't easy. But somebody got to do it. Why not us? Why not you? And why not now? And as always, choose to make it a great day.
Ow, 